0: Welcome to Your Key on Orlando Real Estate, a production of the Orlando Regional Realtor Association. I'm Gary Balinoff, and I'll be co-hosting this podcast with another real estate expert and member of our association, Sarah Hawthorne. today is the question that thousands of people in our area and throughout the nation are asking and that is should I buy a home or should I rent and it's certainly an all-important decision and we're here to give you the trends the facts the information that will lead you to making the right decision for yourself for your family, for your future. So uh, we'll start by asking, what are the current market conditions that kind of frame those decisions? And we'll start with renting, Sarah.
1: Thank you so much, Gary. So um, because I work primarily in corporate international relocation, that is the question that every single one of my clients starts out by asking. uh, When I move here, should I buy or should I rent? And it is an individual decision for each family because as a realtor, it's not my job to tell them them to do one thing or the other. It's my job to provide them the information, educate them, and give them resources so they can make their best choice for their decision. So some of the questions that I'll ask them is how long do they plan to live here? Um, because that can determine, uh, you know, the cost of moving is expensive. The cost of purchasing a home is expensive. You know, renting is expensive as well. <laughs> so um, how the length of their stay, are they going to be here for two years or five years or ten years? Because that can help determine whether or not um, they should rent or buy. Um, Are their finances in order um, and ready um, to purchase? And in that case, I'm going to uh, recommend them to a licensed lender, um, make sure that if they are in the mindset of buying at some point, that they are getting the right uh, documents in order, their finances in order and getting the expert advice to be ready in the future or to see if they're ready now. Um, You know, so that way they can go ahead and purchase if that's what they want to do. Is their lifestyle more compatible with renting versus purchasing? Uh, There are some people that they don't want to deal with a um, broken dishwasher um, or they don't want to necessarily mow their lawn. Um, They don't want to keep up with those um, things that a homeowner normally would care for um, they like the idea of the landlord handling the maintenance um, on their issue. The pride factor some people want to purchase because they just feel uncomfortable living in somebody else's home. Um, and then there's the, on the rental side, there's that overwhelming factor of, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for this $100,000, $400,000 asset that feels overwhelming for them. So understanding their personality and what um, will be a good fit for them is how I determine um if rental is a good option um, for them or give them the information so they can determine if rental be a good option
0: for them. Makes sense. I mean I'm and I'm gonna take kind of the the people who are looking to buy side of it and we're not against each other no, in any ways. Not we're at both all. realtors, and we yeah. both handle both the rental and the and the buying market. But to give people, you know, in in uh, podcast land, an idea of, of how you should start looking at these decisions, because what I find is a lot of people come to me and they go, "Well, should I even be in the market for anything? Should right. I just stay hunker down and wait for the next Ukraine to settle out or COVID to completely go away?" And and I go. Life is a constantly changing series of things. So you have to understand what's best for your family, and you mentioned that, is oftentimes something that was different five years ago from how it is today. And so in many cases, we're dealing with sellers who are thinking, well, I probably couldn't do anything more than what I've got now, but they don't realize exactly how much equity they have in their home. So there are some people who have, you know, who are who are in the process of owning and have owned for a long time, but you you don't care what your house sells for really or shouldn't be until you have to sell it. Right. So then it, it becomes an issue for buyers because that house that you bought in 2000 for $122,000 is now worth $580,000 and while a a renter, potential buyer, is thinking, well, that's just outrageous. Well, everything went up during that time, and the cost of rent has gone up. Like, for example, uh, we just came out with this statistic last week that that said that Orlando metro area saw the second biggest jump of any rental area in the country behind only Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale went up an average of 29%, Orlando by 27%. And we'll get to something that you have – we've talked about before is the perceived greed out there by both mm-hmm. sellers and landlords, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But the idea of a buyer, should you be even able to get anything now. There are a couple of factors that despite interest rate increases, they've actually come down a little bit in the last couple of weeks uh, to a little bit more temperate range because now I think we're seeing a flattening of interest rates instead of these uh, three quarters of a percent jump in in Fed rate does not necessarily equate to three quarters of a percent increase in the 30 year interest rate. Right. So that's part of it. And part of it is we're starting to see A little bit more inventory coming on the market, and that's caused by a number of things. But people seeing, maybe I can get something that Mm -hmm. that will be uh, better for my family or better for myself. There are a lot of situations out there where we're dealing with downsizing um, seniors who have had the same house for 30 years. They've long ago paid it off, and now they're looking at, okay, I don't need a 3,000, 3,500-square-foot mansion now. I want... 1,200, 1,500 square feet. What, what can we get for that? And so the counseling that your Orlando realtor, whether it be either of us or somebody else, is going to tell you is we will find you something, and we're finding a few more homes and a few more areas that will be available to people, but you still have to act quickly, I would say. It's not a matter of uh, you can sit on it for a week or two, and if it's a good property, the chances are somebody else is gonna be interested too. I've had the conversation with people, well, how come you didn't tell me that it was it was sold? Well, it only sold this morning, and I can't hogtie all thousand people who are looking in that particular area and keep them from buying your house, if because only. it's not your house <laughs> until you actually buy right. it. So if you see something that you really like and you feel like would be good, and you it checks all the boxes, you better act. You still better act and make a reasonable offer. But the other thing on the buying end of it is we're starting to see some price reductions and we are starting to see some offers that are are being accepted at less than full price for really the first time in about three years. So buyers, there are some good sides to what's going on out there in the real world. But I I will ask you, the the landlord greed or seller greed, talk a little bit about what's also involved in what goes into the decision for Uh, landlords and what should I price this rental unit at?
1: Yeah, I don't work directly um, on the property management side. I haven't in quite a few years. Um, But I do work um, with tenants looking and I do get calls for landlords on the listing side because I do work with listings. Um, And, you know, we had talked about a a landlord that I had received a call from uh, last week. She had been renting um, her home out to a wonderful tenant for five years. Um, The tenant was paying $1,000 a month, great, great rate, for five years. And she never raised the rent on her. Uh, She really liked the tenant. The landlord was hardly making any money on that home with all of her expenses but just in the past year her, and let me make sure I had the numbers correct um, her insurance had gone up over $3,000 in one year, which we know this is very, very common common. number that we're seeing. Her maintenance on her home um, went up $1,300 for the pool and the pest control and the lawn service Um, and then her um, taxes had gone up as well Um, and so it was a, um, in order to just break even, she was going to have to raise the rent $433 a month. And she was still losing money because the home was going to need some major repairs as it was getting older, the new roof was coming up. Um, And so she was just devastated thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to raise this rent $433. So, um, you know, she went to the tenant and she explained it all to the tenant and laid it out. And the tenant was just absolutely furious with her and told her she was being greedy. And so she called me and she said, I just I don't have the heart for this anymore. I think I just need to sell the property. You know, and oftentimes in those situations, um, I just closed on a home the other day where um, it was a very similar situation. Actually, it was just yesterday we closed. Um, but we start with trying to help the tenant find something where they can um, move out because we don't want to necessarily sell the property and then just boot the tenant right away a lot of the landlords actually care about their tenants they um you know have long relationships with them and um it's it's hurting their hearts to have to raise rents or sell the property because they can't afford to rent it to their tenant anymore um and so it's it is it's very painful on both sides.
0: Well, and one of the things that I'm seeing more and more of now is tenants who have been in there, like you said, long-term, five, six, seven years, mm-hmm. the same. And the, the landlord legitimately has developed at least a, a relationship with them and they like the fact that they pay on time and that they're never late with their rent and they're good people and they maintain the property in a good way. And sometimes we have situations where either the landlord or the tenant will come to us and say, well I would like to buy or I would like to sell to the to the tenant at that point. Mm-hmm. And I've expedited several of those where, you know, it can be done and and ask a realtor for help because honestly uh, and everybody's got their own pricing strategies and everything else. But the, the bottom line is our main goal is to get the person who wants to do something with another person that wants to do the same thing right. and meld that together. And we're not going to charge ridiculous amounts to be able to make that happen if you've already decided that's what you want to do. But the difference is you might not have ever written a contract before. And as a as a tenant, you, you've dealt with rent and you've dealt dealt with a, a um, an agreement, you know, basically, but you haven't you know, scoped out how a, a sale is put together. So don't for rent by owner by sale by owner or whatever, because there there are too many people that I've talked to that say, Oh, thank God you came in and helped us get through this process because otherwise we wouldn't have known that they needed an inspection or they needed a, you know, an appraisal to get their loan. And we we had already planned on the money. You know, we'd already taken the money and we'd spent it. You know, well, it's not done until it's done. And when when you get the money wired into your account, then you can spend it. And the same thing for the tenant. Oh, I'm so excited about this. I want this. I want this. Well, the inspection shows that there were behind the wall issues that you weren't even aware of, and now you. would rather move out than, than deal with that on an ongoing basis. So either way, It's important to have the help of your local realtor to be able to make those kind of arrangements. You know,
1: because signing the contract's the easy part. It's when there's issues that come up that you want to be protected. Um, For tenants, when they move in, I help them um, protect their security deposit by teaching them how to do a proper walkthrough. You know, I explain to them how much notice they have to give and make them put it on their calendar. Um, You know, go over the rules and regulations because you get those sometimes 80-page leases and they don't read them. But it's important as a realtor for me to sit down, especially if I have a client that's coming from another state or another country where they're not familiar with it, and really help them understand what the Florida policies are common for landlords to have, what the Florida laws are, what their rights are as a tenant. Um, you know, we as realtors, we're not lawyers, right? Right, right. <laughs> but we can help them sit down and read, um, You know, because a lot of these leases, they're in pretty plain English. It's just a matter of getting somebody to read them Um, and and so they understand what their rights are and what their obligations are under the lease. And that prevents so many issues um, in the long run
0: well and and between us we've we've uh, committed sixty years to the real estate <laughs> right. business, yeah. so uh, I don't think there's any question that I have not heard right. you know and so but, but people ask sometimes fairly obscure stuff because right. when when you actually sit down with them and have them read the the language, what does this mean? What does this mean? Well, you can always talk to an attorney about it because but this is the standard practice of what this means in yeah. in real terms. And if you want to, you know, I can recommend a few good attorneys that you can ask them, real estate attorneys, but – and I would say never – don't do that. I mean, you, you you have every right to be able to do it, but we're there to be able to explain the basics of how to make the process work, and sometimes the complicated nature of how it works. You know, yeah. what happens if I moved in early? What happens if I leave late? What kinds of, you know, how do we protect against if I if if I allow the owner to stay in the property for another week or two, which is sometimes almost has to happen because their moving truck was delayed and they can't get to wherever they're moving to and whatever then what do we do well you can set up short-term leasing arrangement where you're paying per day to be able to live in that in that house or the uh, owner is paying you to, to continue to you know live in the in the current uh, facility. So there are just all kinds of possibilities. But again, ask your realtor if you have questions about that. One of the things that uh, we're going through now is we're kind of coming out of that two-year scare period of COVID and moving into a period where if people have, have gotten their shots and people have you know, worn mm. masks for a couple of years, but there's still COVID going around. Showings. What kind of of protections do do we offer to be able to make sure that people feel safe, especially if they're immunocompromised? Uh, they're still concerned about children that have you know special diseases and so on. About making sure that what they're walking into is not uh, a petri dish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, for me on the rental side, um, I recommend that the new tenants always have their, um, the new property professionally clean and disinfected. And I've done that well before COVID for some very specific reasons. Um, One, because a lot of my clients move internationally or from out of state. And we have different germs over here (laughs) than they're used to. Their immune system's not quite ready for, um, you know, move. I know that, you know, anytime I've moved quite a bit around and my kids always get sick in a new area, right? Because their (laughs) immune system's just not prepared for it. And so that's one thing that I always recommend is, you know, take a day and just have the home professionally disinfected. Now after COVID, people are really taking me seriously on that, even um, locals. Um, But even if you don't have a professional come in, take those few hours to really go in and disinfect all the main surfaces. um, and, And that's a good practice with or without COVID.
0: No, you're right and and really what people have kind of had to focus on now is their own personal health and mm-hmm. so and we're seeing the other thing that we're seeing a lot of now is uh, five years ago six years ago you didn't have a whole lot of people working from home you had some but more now and that has expanded their opportunity so instead of having to say well I need to be close to Maitland, because that's where I work. I want to be close to downtown. Well, maybe you can't afford to be close to downtown or Maitland. Maybe you need to be a little bit further out in the suburbs and so on. Well, in the old days, uh, you know, that meant driving half an hour to an hour, and you didn't want to do that. But now, if you're working from your home computer and your systems are all set up there, uh, you can work from pretty much anywhere. And we're starting to see on the uh, the buying side – People coming in from other states who are there basically to work remotely for their company in California or Texas or New York or whatever, and they're given the freedom to, you know, live wherever they want because the – the uh, employer does not care right. <laughs> you know, what house they move into or what condo they're in. Yeah. So they say, well, you know, I could be in whatever. It, wh- find me a good school district, you know, that, that has A-rated schools. And now I can I can feel comfortable about putting my kids there.
1: It's changed the way we work because generally people f- choose location first. And then their wish list is at that, you know, the location, location, location. And um, it's a common real estate phrase, right? Because the location's always been the most important when someone's choosing where to live. Well, now they come to us and they say, well, I'm not sure if I wanna live in Orlando, I wanna live in Jacksonville or Tampa or Arkansas or Texas or Tennessee, and so I've got an agent in all those areas, and um, I always recommend that they take time to actually spend a weekend, get an Airbnb, um, and, and go spend a weekend in each of those areas, and then, pick your top two. Go spend Mm -hmm. a week there. Uh, Get an Airbnb and spend a week there.
0: And drive to the locations that you do want. Even if you're working from home, you might want to be near a place of worship that you're that religion. And so you want to be able to be not cross town from it or, uh, you know, a theme park of note, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whichever one is your favorite for your kids uh, and that kind of thing. So be close to things that, you know, there's a Publix on every street corner, so, yeah. you know, whatever. But, but I mean, they want to be close to things that are make sense for them. Yeah. If you start by looking at houses, if
1: that's the first thing that you do, whether it's rental or purchasing, it does a few things that confuse the process. First of all, it's too many houses in your brain. But it also gives you the, I want to, I love that house in Jacksonville. I want it to be in Tennessee, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so you start comparing, and it, it confuses the process. So you, you do still need to start. Start with location, you know, when you you have the opportunity to live anywhere, but start with, you know, figuring out, does it have the things that I need, the places of worship, schools for my kids, whatever that is. And then also spend some time there and then, you know, start, you know, and connecting with local realtors in the area is great because they can give you recommendations on um, when you're in town doing your visits, uh, what to see, and, and how to really experience the area.
0: And one of the things to remember, too, for those looking to buy or rent, basically, is not to confuse things any more than it is. Uh, personally, I, I try not to show more than four or five things at the same time because the human mind starts to mix. It's like, "Well, was that the home that had the da 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 da?" It's like, "No, that's the one that had this." Oh, wow. So, w- the 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 way of doing it and, and and I've taught realtors this, but I've also taught home buyers this. Look at the end of the the house tour. What did you like? What did you not like? And if it's at the top of your list, we might want to make an offer like right now. Mm-hmm. Does it fit all of the things that you're looking for? If it doesn't, then we probably ought to crumple it up and throw it away. In your brain, and sometimes, too. Get it out of your brain. Yeah, well, I, I, I physically crumple the paper and throw it in my back seat, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's it. That's no more. And, and they go, well, we, we don't want to do that. We might come back to it. Well, my advice to you as a buyer would be, you're not going to come back to it. It's not what you want. So why would you settle for something that you don't want? You're not – just put it out of your mind, out of your thought. The other thing to remember is if you do that at the end of each home and – write notes to yourself, you're you're less likely to say at the end of the, the tour, okay, which did you like best? Well, I like the family room in that house, and I I like the pool in that one, and I like the kitchen in that. You know, if we could put them all together, yeah. well, if you could put them all together, you'd be paying $300,000 more. But We're we're trying to stay within the budget. So, uh, and you mentioned you know location, while important, is not the major factor. It's not location, location, location. Mm -hmm. It tends to be price, Mm -hmm. condition, and location. It still has to be the right location, but sometimes it's third. Choice. You know, it's kind of like, okay, this is not quite in the location that I wanted, but the price is right where it needs to be, and this home appears to be in the best condition I've ever seen. We wouldn't have to do anything to it. Well, let's wait for the inspector to to let you know that. But it's very important to, to to make that consideration because a lot of people who've been, as you mentioned before, renters, don't have to think about maintenance. This refrigerator broke down, what do you do? Pull out that phone. Landlord. I need you to fix my refrigerator. What do you do now if you're the owner? Well, you call a repair company or you get a new refrigerator. One way or the other, you have to have that. And there are things to think about as far as when you're going through the process, there are warranties that you you can buy. And, you know, if you can, you can acquire that, sometimes a seller will just throw that in as, as something to give you the peace of mind to be able to let you move forward. So uh, those are all considerations because it's a different mindset when you're renting than when you're buying. And you have to be in the mindset that works best, as you said for you and
1: we're still in a market with very limited inventory, mm-hmm. and so they buyers and renters need to be flexible. So, talking about moving a little bit further out than they want to be to get into the price range they want to be in, or get the features of a home um, that they want to have, you know, those are conversations that as realtors we're having with our clients. Um, you know that um, you know for the. Clients that I have that are moving here that will have a physical office, you know, usually 15 to 30 minutes within, um, you know, uh, within their office is a typical response I get on how close they want to be and a drive time. Um, But... You know, right now with limited inventory, we're having to ask, can you expand that a little bit? Um, You know, would that be a major hardship if you had to expand that 10 minutes or 15 minutes?
0: We have situations where I had one client who uh, was trying to get something over on the coast, and I don't work over on the coast, so I recommended the realtor over there that I work with. And she showed them property for, you know, weekends whenever they could see it. And they were very discouraged because it's like, I didn't realize it was this expensive to be over on the coast. Mm -hmm. Can we find something closer in? And I said, well, based on what you're looking for on a lake or a river or a body of water, we can get you a retention pond, but we can't get you much more than that. No, we want to get a boat and we want to take a boat out there. So we went to Lake County Mm, and uh, you know, we we got them into a, a small place, but they were retirees and so they didn't care. And 100 feet on, on uh, Little Lake Harris was not a bad view in the morning as the sun rose over this mammoth lake and, with a dock. So it, it all worked out for them. But sometimes people have to think, I wasn't thinking of Lake County. You know, yeah. they weren't thinking of Lake County. Nobody was saying So we can work anywhere within this central Florida region, and we're licensed in the state of Florida. So ask your realtor, if you don't see anything in this specific neighborhood, please expand that yeah. search to to, to I, find I, something. I'm more. like
1: Lind all the way down to Melbourne, yeah. and I've gone to Palm Bay, and I've yep. gone to Ocala. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You know. But we also have the uh, an amazing network of mm-hmm. agents that we can, um, you know, always refer to. You know, our ability to interview and check out an agent um, on your behalf, we're always happy to do that.
0: Yeah, and and really, it's it's important to remember that. It's not about us getting paid. Mm-hmm. It's about serving your need, yes. and that's what all realtors with a code of ethics, behind them, you know, are are dedicated to doing. So there are yes. twenty-one thousand of us. So ask one rather than trying to go this process on your own. So as we wrap up, I, I wanted to ask you the last thing. Looking ahead, um, a lot of people you've seen headlines out there that say, "Oh gosh, you know, the prices are going to crash because they've gone up more than a hundred percent over the last ten years." So is that going to happen the same way that it did in 07, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? My thought would be I don't think it's going to happen because that was a completely different set of circumstances that led to it. Mortgages that were given to people who really couldn't qualify for a mortgage, but they did no-doc, low-doc, so-called liar loan, where you could put a zero on the end of your income and— They'd take that to the yeah. bank and say, eh, whatever, give them the loan. And then when everybody you know, went through short sales, they were getting nothing back out of it, and it, it scarred their credit for a while. Now the thing that's changed seems to be that equity has built up so much that even if prices came down a little bit, you're not going to make 400000 in equity coming out of it. You might make three eighty. Could you live with that? And in most cases, people go, I'm going to get three eighty? Well, you might get 400, but you might get 380. So, can you handle that? Yeah, we can deal with that. So, it's not a, it's big a problem. But what do you, what do you see as kind of the next? I know we don't have a crystal ball, but I mean, moving I forward, mine
1: broke the other what, day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Moving forward into next year, so that people maybe don't wait until the next major thing that happens and just realize. What's in it for me right now is also probably going to be what's in it for me next year and five years from now.
1: We look at, we read the news and the media as well and see scary headlines, but um, I think as. Realtors, we also have access to a lot of great resources and get into the numbers, um, and those were presented to us at the trade show. And um, the numbers, you know, they tell us there's going to be a little bit of a downturn, but not, not like the news is, is scaring us about. Um, and so, of course... Every, everyone is um, speculating you know economists are great at predicting the past
0: they don't even know if we're in a recession or not so i'm, I'm not going to rely it on takes all like economists 18 months to
1: officially declare if it was a recession or <laughs> exactly. something like that it's too late yeah then, so. <laughs> right but the thing is is that you know if you are in a position where you have to move you're in the market that you're in and so the best thing to do is to figure out what is your budget um, and then what can you give up if if exactly what you want is not in your budget do you need to move out a little bit further you know can you um look at something that might be in a, a different neighborhood or might not quite have the amenities that you want if you wanted something with a pool could you do something that has a community pool um you know look at some of the alternatives um that might get you in a um, some of the features that you want in a, in a price range that you want um you know the Inventory problem is not gonna go away anytime soon. Um, You know, I have some of the key performance indicators that was provided to me um, from my 20 year relationship with the apartment association. And um, they pull their reports from CoStar, which is an incredibly respected uh, source, the kind of the gold standard. Um, and we're still seeing ninety five ninety six percent occupancy rates, uh, you know their absorption rates um, you know are are still extre- extremely high as uh, markets come in, um, you know units come on the market. Um, they're being rented very quickly, and so these these inventory shortages are going to continue for a while until building catches up, supply shortages catch up. Additionally, as insurance rates, property tax rates, these all affect uh, landlords and developers, um, and so as they continue to affect those, those are going to continue to affect rent prices. And so it is a um, you know the cost of. Materials, that affects rent prices. You know, Um, inflation, that affects rent prices. These are hard costs that have to be built in um, for them to recoup. Um, And so as we see those things go down, then we'll start seeing some ease on the rental side. but I will say that I am starting to see some concessions on the market, you know, on the family side, we're seeing where there might be, you know, half a month rent free or $300 um, off um, a month. Um, and so asking about the specials, um, you know, as, you know, for me, I try and keep up with them so I know what's going on in the market because that can change someone's moving costs. It might be good, affordable for them, um, and so, get in touch with a, a licensed realtor if you're looking for a place to rent, because they can guide you um, a lot better than the crazy searching of the internet. And anyone knows it is very, very difficult to search for rentals on the internet in Orlando. And there are a lot of really scary scams out there. Yeah.
0: And and some things where it's not really the the, the landlord that's doing the posting of the no, rent. I had so you, a, there have been some t- tremendous yeah, yeah. scams there where they're they're renting something that they don't own and it happens to be a vacant place and they've acquired a, a key they, and, yeah you know. i had a
1: listing close and within three hours it was posted on the internet yeah. as a uh, as a rental and i'm like wait a second no no time not out a <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> not gonna not gonna happen So you know, basically, from from our perspective, I think you will see uh, not a an eighteen to twenty percent increase in housing prices. You will start to see that the what was used to be a normal rate. I mean, three to four percent, five percent increase in price. So I would say anybody that's got the money right now to go ahead and buy something should go ahead and do it. Don't be as afraid of, you know, prices cratering and somehow losing out because there are still more people moving to Florida and having children and continuing to expand the population base, and they've all got to live somewhere. So whether it's a rental or an ownership situation, you really do need to realize that today is usually a better day the next year at this time, then the next year at this time, then the next year at this time. So whatever your needs are, as long as that's not changing, kind of like what you mentioned before, if you're on a one-year contract here, uh, renting makes sense. If you're on a lasting trek through the Central Florida area, uh, and this is your home, and you like to keep it your home, getting locked into a, a home that you can at least fix the principal and interest. Is fine, And what happens if rates go down? Well, you can refinance at that point and get a, a little bit of a break there to put up with some of the insurance and, and taxes. But mm-hmm. I don't see a whole lot of let up to the insurance and tax increases simply because the values have gone up and the insurance companies are leaving the state. So uh, until the legislature fixes the, the property insurance mess that we have. Call your legislators, yeah, call, visit I mean, your legislators, Let's, let's empower all of you to call <laughs> your local legislator and try to do something. They're trying to work on it, really, for the first time in a while. But it's when you're, as you said, if your insurance goes up by 3000 who can afford that? I mean, that that takes a very special, uh, you know, niche uh, of individual that can afford that. So it's still going to be, in most cases, a positive thing if you have the money in the bank and reserves, and bo- by the way, the bank will let you know if you have enough to be able to qualify. And that's why it's become a lot safer to borrow now, because even though rates have gone up slightly, still in the fives. You 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 know, back when I got started, they were eighteen mm-hmm. percent. So that's better now. You know, five percent. Oh, that's hideous. It's higher than three. Yes, but it's it's better than eight. So, right. uh, and if you lock in, you're locked in. Uh, So there are all kinds of different ways. We'll have more uh, in future podcasts on the mortgage markets and what what can you do to outwit what's going on with the banks and so on. Mm -hmm. But uh, any final comments that you wanted to get across before we leave our podcast
1: you know I would just say that um whatever you you are in the process you know whether and even if you're six months out from the process get connected with the local realtor to help guide Mm -hmm. you in this process um, because we really um we're paying attention to the market this is what we're doing all day every day we're using our connections and our resources to be able to share those with you and um like I said we don't make decisions for you we don't pressure you to try and go one way or the other, what we're trying to do is just give you the information to help you decide what's best for you. Um, and a lot of times, those decisions and that process takes a while. So the sooner you get connected with us, so we can guide you through that process on how to, um, you know, figure out what's best for you. You know, sometimes it's talking to a lender or sometimes it might be, um, you know, if you have some difficult situations, um, you know, with your credit, working on those situations, um, you know, get in touch with us and we'd be happy to help you out and get you prepared for that because when, oftentimes, when you have to move, you have to move, and this is the market that you're in. So let's let's mitigate some of these
0: issues uh, together. Prepare up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, be a Boy Scout and be prepared at Absolutely, all times. So, yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's important. Well, thank you so much, Sarah Hawthorne, our our expert in in real estate and professional realtor. Thanks to you, and thanks to our audience for watching and listening to the Orlando Regional Realtors podcast, which is truly your key to Orlando real estate. Keep turning, tuning into the website and uh, our website, orlandorealtors.com, where you can find future podcasts and sign up for the podcast there and market statistics, which will give you weekly and monthly updates as to what's going on within our marketplace. And When you start thinking about whether to buy or sell or rent or invest, consult your Orlando Realtor. For the best advice on how to move forward. I'm Gary Balanoff. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.